Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night, as it is each and every single week here at the Talk Junkie household. I got myself and no one else here, so not how are you guys doing, because they're not here. Um, but we do have a guest on this evening, but before we get into that, check out last week's podcast. We had um, a gentleman by the name of John Cox on on the show here at Talk Junkies. He's uh, out from Kentucky. He's making moves in the political scene out there as a civilian. Uh, so for anyone out there who doesn't think that they have a voice when it comes to local politics and even going to the Capitol Hill, um, from having Pat on from the Missouri Freedom Initiative to having John Cox on last week and, and having the opportunity to meet him, just a wonderful situation and a really good podcast to check out. We did go a little bit on the longer side, hour and 44 minutes. Uh, we typically don't do that, but it's a good it's a good watch. So I definitely highly recommend that. Uh, tonight's guest is going to be awesome, uh, but before I introduce him, next week, just tune in. We do have a, an author joining the show. Her name is uh, Dawn Stilwell, um, and we're going to be talking about the right to death. That's something we really haven't discussed here in Talk Junkies, um, something I really haven't thought of too much in my 33 years of living is assisted suicide. Um, so we're going to hear her story and what it is that the right to death is, I guess. But anywho, if you are interested in the Constitution like living the Constitution, breathing it, and eating the Constitution, and you want to know absolutely everything there is to know about the Constitution, then you've came to the right show, and we have the right guest on for you. This gentleman is a decorated constitutionalist. He, I think, still has his Facebook page, The, the Constitution of Us. I'm not sure if it's still up or not. He'll have to tell me whenever he comes on. Um, but he's just a, an awesome gentleman. Happy holidays to you, Dan. How you doing, man? Welcome to Talk Junkies again. Well, thanks for having me. Always good to be here. Yeah, so it's always good to have you, man. So, just for my listeners out there, this you're Dan Cox. Um, you know, I got to do better about making sure that people know who the guest is when they come on. So, I just want to make sure people know. Um, I guess just real quick, tell us a little bit about your story because it's been a while since you've told us a little bit about your story, Dan. Probably since the first time we've had you on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how's it kind of going for you right now, man? Like, just your journey and where it's kind of taking you. Well, um, you know, it's been, it's been interesting. Like we were talking about a little bit, you know, I've, I've started running into more and more people who are, um, I wouldn't say are waking up, but I would say that, you know, they've been on this, on their own sort of path with, with this. And, and we seem to be converging. There seems to be more and more people that are, that are, you know, converging and, and our paths are crossing um, and seeing the, the, the work that they're doing and the ideas that they're having, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the, the, you know, the first amendment auditors and, and people like that. There's, you know, a lot more of them that, that seem to be out there now and a lot more people questioning things and, and, um, being willing to share information back and forth. There seems to be, which, which, I haven't run into in a long time, you know, it's, 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 uh, um, it's always been, everybody's been, you know, real firm about the fact that their path is the path and that's the only way you can go. And, and I'm going to, you know, disregard everybody else and everybody else is wrong. There seems to be a whole lot more people that are out there like, you know, Hey, what you're doing sounds pretty cool. This is what I'm into. And, and watching all of that stuff kind of evolve, you know, into, into something that I think is going to come out on a whole lot of different fronts towards the problems that we face. 
Okay, so let's start there. Um, a, a question that I've that I've been kind of asking myself, and I think that I'd be intrigued to hear your answer, is with the polar divide that we see in the in the United States. Now, you don't see it when you go out. You know what I'm when you go out into public. And I recently traveled to Colorado, and um, granted, I wasn't getting in these people's friend circles and, and talking politics with people that I had minute conversations with. So you wouldn't know that the country's divided, I guess, when you just go out into public and, and just to small cities around around the United States. But if you were to listen to the media, they would they would lead you to believe that this country is divided. And we see that with the with the past election when there was supposed to be a red wave, and it wasn't necessarily that uh, we did or they did gain control over the House. I don't know if Herschel's going to win if it's going to be a fifty fifty split in the Senate. Um, but I think what we can see through mainstream media is that this country truly is divided politically. Now, how is that going to work in the grand scheme of things? If we're so polarized, how are we ever going to progress as a country, I guess, is my question. Well, I think, I think one of the important things for us to remember, and I'm expressing this as, as a constitutionalist, one of the important things to remember is that um, we have a lot of people in our country right now who are legitimately not Americans. And I don't mean like illegal aliens. I mean, people who are, were born here and they totally want to disregard and destroy the constitution, you know, because that is the foundation of, of America. And the divide that we see is really between people who are um, liberty-minded, who are freedom-minded, who are limited government-minded, and authoritarians, people who just want to give all responsibility and all power to the government and just let the government work it out. And, you know, that's sort of the divide that we have. So it's, it's, really, it's really not so much of a... a um, it's really so not, not so much of a political divide as it seems. It's it's a whole lot more of a bunch of of traitors, people who are who are legitimately not Americans who legitimately need to find someplace else to be, and Americans. And I think as as things continue to shake out, um, it's it's going to be very very clear, because, I mean. Um, you know, you have you have people that when you begin to talk to them about uh, any of the issues that we're facing and the things that the government is doing, um, there's so many people who are looking at this stuff like like we were talking about. There's so many people that are looking at this stuff from so many different angles and exposing things that have been done uh, by the government that are illegal. Now, you can't say really in any other country on the face of the planet, you can't say that the government is doing something illegal. We can say that here because we have a constitution that is the law and and that stands and governs the government. It doesn't govern you and me. Well, we're able to we're able to say those things out loud, but putting putting ourselves forth the effort to hold the government accountable is is, is a different thing because I think that they kind of laugh about the fact that we're able to say it out loud because they know that nothing, at least so far, has really come of it, right? Well, yeah, and I and I I hear what you're saying, and I mean, I, I as far as like when I say, um, 
we we have the we have the freedom to say that out loud that the government is doing something illegal, but also, if someone's if someone was in England and said the government is doing something illegal, they would not be right, because the government in England is an authoritarian government. It it's it's power is generated from itself. It is its own source of its authority. So everything the government does over there, you know, you can contest it. But the only problem, the only thing is, is that the government is the one that decides if what they've done is legal. You can can bring a complaint and the government's going to have a conference with itself and go, yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. Over here, we have the Constitution, which is the law that governs the government. And, and we can point at it and go, what you did was illegal. Now, the government can, we've got ourselves in a situation where, you know, the government and and we can specifically talk about the police because this comes up frequently with them, you know, the, something will happen. It'll get a big buzz on, on media and, you know, something will happen with the, with the police and the police will do their own internal investigation and come back and say they did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's not a legitimate, that's not a legitimate way to do things. That's not legitimate or legal over here in the United States. We have, the government is on a leash it does not get to dictate to us what its authority and power is. Its authority and power has already been laid out very clearly within the Constitution. And and even to the point where it said, if it's not written down in the Constitution, you don't get to do it. So what we've had is we've had this 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 all these people who are too lazy, too ignorant, you know, too intellectually stunted to be able to actually read the constitution and understand it for what it is. And so instead of actually, instead of actually understanding what it is, the constitution is, they've looked around the world and said, you know, Hey, they do this. This is the way they do it in France. So we'll do it here. And what we have to do as, as Americans is look at our constitution and go, yeah, that it doesn't matter how anybody else in any part of the world does things. You know, whether you think it's a good idea or not doesn't make any difference because the Constitution is a contract between you and I. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a contract between you and I. And we've made the agreement that these are the things that the government may do. And and these are specifically the, the paths that they can be allowed to do certain things. If they vary from this path, then they've done something illegal. And the people who are responsible for those actions are are criminally liable. Do you see, uh, do you see a future where there is a one world government? Um, America is the only is, is legitimately the only obstacle to that. You know, other, other governments around the world, um, you know, China, China is trying to, is trying to, to pull things around right now to where, where, you know, they're, making noise about not being part of that one world government, but that's only because they want to switch up the, they want to switch up the way that everything's going. And instead of being one of the leaders, they want to be the top dog. So, so, you know, we legitimately are the only thing that could bring that whole one world government to a stop and just, just destroy it. There is, there's no army on the face of the planet that could oppose the population of this country if it came if it came to to arms 
Right. You know. I mean, they would they would have to go if they did air warfare, and, and if, there, if you're right, if there were boots on the ground in the United States, it would it would be a bloodbath, and it would be in the favor of the American people. Oh yeah, for sure. Even even when we start talking about all the technology that's involved, and you know, and and you know, tanks and 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 all that stuff, you know, there's a significant portion of of the armed forces in our country that would support the government, but there's also enough that would not, that I think that, you know, that would sway it. But I mean, look at what's going on in, in Ukraine. You know, you have this, this technologically superior force coming from Russia that is, is being held back by basically people who have small arms, small, you know, they've, they've got some, you know, some sophisticated weaponry, but mostly it's, it's bands of, of, Ukrainians with small arms that are that are holding off the Russians, right? So, so do you, do, you th- do you think that okay? So um, it, the United States is in, in the Constitution is the only thing that's stopping a one world a one world government. I mean, when you look at the scale of the Earth and how many countries there are and how many, what the true population of the Earth is, it's quite a bit of people. You see the advancement of technology, and I guess this is more of a, a further away question, maybe not a question for in the moment, but how necessary is a constitution with an advanced civilization now? I'm not saying we're advanced right now. I'm saying in the future. Now, let's, I'm saying space travel, like we're able to go to Mars, colonize other planets. Do you see, I don't know, it's kind of a weird question. Do you think that the constitution would be something that would benefit that happening quicker? Or would you see a one-world government where we're all working together? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you kind of know what I'm saying or not. But the the one-world government is is working on an agenda for a small population of people. You know, most of us most of us are not going to benefit from a one-world government. Um, you know, the the everything that they're trying to sell us on this on this whole one-world government is is. Um, it's all a lie. Okay. When we start talking about one world government, one of the things that they're going to, that they're going to shove down our throat is global warming, which is a lie. Man-made global warming is a hoax. There is no science behind it. You know, the idea that fossil fuels, you know, that we're going to be, we need to move to all, you know, green energy and alternative sources of energy is a lie. There's more than enough, uh, petroleum, to be pumped out of the ground for us to, to be able to use that comfortably at the pace that we are right now for hundreds of years. And there's even evidence, you know, scientists are looking into it. There's evidence right now that, that the earth is actually producing currently producing more petroleum than we are using. So, you know, we got two lies. The other thing is, is that these, the, the one world government, is is meant to be an authoritarian dictatorship. It is it is going to be um, medical care, vaccines, all of that stuff dictated to us, you know, for the global benefit. Right? There's no there is no benefit to to you and I to get some kind of vaccine for a disease that's in that's in Africa. Right. There's no benefit for you and I really to even get the covid vaccine. Right. There's there's. But 
that is that is the goal that they have is to be able to dictate to us what it is that we can drive, where it is that we can live, you know, what it is that we can eat, where it is we can work. All of that stuff is going to be dictated to us. The industries that we're going to be that we're going to be in, America will not have um, the freedom to to determine how its economy is going to function. You know, if they can, they will de- they will export every single in- every single thing that would that would allow us to have any kind of economic independence, right? And and the one world government, the 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 idea that you can centralize anything and just allow that 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 centralized core to dictate out without any kind of accountability always ends up turning into an authoritarian dictatorship. And every I, don't, single time. I don't see how people don't see that. I don't see how people can't walk out their door after watching, you know, their spoon fed CNN or MSNBC or Fox news or whatever news station it is that they're watching. I don't see how they don't see it. That, that that's the goal that people are trying to operate under these elites, these top 1%, these, whoever they are at the world economic forum, Charles Schwab, any of these people, I don't, it's out there in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, and again, I know you're not seeing those types of things. I mean, maybe Fox brings a little bit into it about the World Economic Forum, but not to its entirety that you're going to see an alternative media and the actual interviews and what these people are actually saying. I just don't right. see how people don't see it, you know? And, and, and if they don't see it, most of the people who right now aren't for the Constitution, those people who you describe aren't American, when it starts coming hardcore on them, they're going to turn American real quick. And then they're going to try and then they're going to try and go with the Constitution and it's going to be a little too late. I, I, I don't Paul, I, you're you're more hopeful than I am. I don't think they're going to do that. I think those people. I said a lot of people, not all of them. Sorry. OK. OK. Yeah, there's there's going to be more people, I think, that, that do turn that way. But there's a whole lot of people that that are they are so brainwashed that, you know, the bully is going to keep coming over there and punching them in the face and taking their lunch money. And they're going to continue to believe that, 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 you know, it's not going to happen to them anymore. You know, it just happened this one time, but now I'm behaving and, you know, there's no reason for them to mess with me. Like, you know, the, the thing is, is that, is that we don't, the reason that we have so much crime is because of the government. The government is, the creator and the fosterer of crime. We could solve all of our crime problems under the constitution. We could solve all of our crime problems in about a month. We could have no crime here in the United States guaranteed because once you have people who have an interest in their communities and are, are willing to look at what it is that people are doing and say, no, that's not okay. And here's the punishment for that. Now you have a totally different situation. Yeah, that's rather than than people who are who are in a legislature, you know, miles away and are not being affected by by the the, yeah. the sentences that they pass and stuff like that. You know, I mean, a three strike law. Why do we have a three strike law? There's no reason for it, right? Why not have somebody who comes in and the jury listens to it and goes. You know what? Let, let's just let's just clear all this up. We find you guilty of this, 
and and we don't legitimately see that there's any benefit in trying to figure out a way to make you a better person. There's just none. So we're either going to have you taken out into the yard and shot in the head and just be done with this, or we're going to deport you. That's that's the only two, you know, there's no reason to keep you around. Right? There and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of criminal activity that that comes down to that. You know, when you have somebody that that is um, a habitual offender, right? Why do we put them in jail? Why, why are we even keeping them around? They've proven that they are unable or unwilling to reform themselves, make the changes necessary to become a part of the, the, uh, the society and to be someone that, that can be around other people. So just get rid of them. And I'd be you curious. Know? I know that I think it's Singapore that has a very, very, very low crime rate. And I'm not entirely too sure why. Um, there was a video on it, and it was small, it was short, and they gave the explanations. Um, but it sounded too good to be true type of thing. I, I think that they'd probably be more along the lines of probably like strict policing. If you do something, you're going to get harshly punished type of thing. Right. They have they have police walking around the, the, the streets all the time. And if I'm remembering this correctly, I think in Singapore – the police carry these these uh, bamboo canes, and the bamboo cane is like they'll take it and and uh, they'll cut slits in it, right? And so if they hit you with that bamboo cane, when they hit when they hit you, if they hit on bare skin, the bamboo opens up, will pinch your skin, and then pulls the skin off. Oh my gosh! But these cops are walking around all the time, and based solely on their own, you know doesn't have to be that, that, that they see anything. They can just decide that you've done something wrong and, and you're convicted right there on the spot. You know, so this is what I'm talking about. It's like people look around the world and they say, you know, this is the way they do it over here. We should do that. It's like, no, we have a better system. We have a better system. If, if you and I, if you and I get into some kind of a conflict where, where, where you believe that I've committed a crime. I've done something to you that is, that has harmed or injured you. And you make that accusation, a jury, not the police, a jury is the only legitimate, um, body to hear that. And it's not, you know, again, like, like we've talked about before, if, if it's, if it's something that, that happened here where I live, then it would be a jury here. If it's happened somewhere where, where you live, it would be a jury there and they would hear it and they'd listen to what was going on and they go, you know, Paul, you're absolutely right. There was a crime committed here. And, and Dan, this is what, this is, this is what we're going to do about this. You are, you are going to pay this money back. You're going to repair this stuff and, and you have 30 days to get it done. You know, no fines paid to the government. That doesn't benefit anybody. No jail time because that doesn't benefit anybody. Right. It's like, you know, you've been harmed. They put me in jail. Okay. No, I, I, has, has anything been, been done to, to make you whole, to, to fix the situation? No. no, no and I if think, it's something that happened to you that can't be fixed, right? If it's something that, that happened to you that, that can't be fixed, and it and it's an action that I that, that someone could look at and say legitimately, you know, yeah, I don't see you did this to Paul, and I think there's a, very, a pretty good chance that that you would probably do that to somebody else. Why even why even keep somebody like me around? 
right? I think that if you if we were to to go exactly by the trial by jury, which is how it's supposed to be and should never have changed, and you're right, the discretion of um, local law enforcement judges, whatever whatever all that means, um, I think that a lot of those people that you describe, or not even that you're describing, but the situations you're describing, I think are very minimal. Like you said, it fixes a lot of itself. Crime fixes itself, you know, whether it's a month or whether it's a couple months. Or even if we never went away from trial by jury, we wouldn't even be in the position that we're in, and crime rates wouldn't be as high as, it, as they are. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have a lot of these bad apples because they know that their community is going to be the one who decides what it is that happens to them. And that makes the most absolute sense, the most sane sense. Uh, dude, I just, again, I, it's just frustrating that we've gone away from it. You're right. We have to advocate for this. We have to push for this. It should never have changed, and it needs to be the way that it needs to be. You're not right. wrong. Because, the, the you know, and the thing is, is that what we've allowed is we've allowed people to get into the government that rather than reading the Constitution, they look around the world and say, that's a better way of doing it without even without even first understanding how it is that it's legitimately supposed to happen. But the 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 thing that we all need to, to really look at and understand is that we are not subjects we are not ruled by our government. Our government is a servant to us. Yeah. It is, it is the subject of, and it is subject to the constitution. You and I are not, you and I are the sovereigns. You and I are the ones who make the decisions. And we've agreed that the constitution is the, the, the sets the parameters within which we'll work. So, when someone comes in and says, hey, I think income tax is great, we can go, yeah, you know what? Uh, income tax may be something that, that you think is great, right? But it's going to have to be according to – it's going to have to be according to what the Constitution says. Yeah. You know, what that – well, we've got the IRS and the IRS – well, the IRS is not doing income tax. The IRS is doing something that's totally wrong because they've changed the meaning of the word from what it was when the law was originally passed. Right. Or if we talk, start talking about, you know, I think there's this this bill that this guy was was uh, talking about. They've just they're they're debating and about to pass this this bill that's going to require kill switches on all new vehicles. Right. And the kill switch, um, you know, how that ends up functioning is is, you know, sort of got to be clarified. But one of the things that they're talking about is is that from now a, a new once this bill is passed, the new cars will be required to have something in there so that basically you'd have to blow and prove that you're not drunk before you'd be able to operate your vehicle. Or if the vehicle senses alcohol, it'll shut down and probably report you. Right now, there's there's nothing in the Constitution that says that that the government has that kind of authority and power to do that. Right. And whether you and I think that's a great idea or not doesn't make any difference. The contract that, we've, that, that we're operating under says no. So if we think it's a great idea, then the only, process, the only process that we need to be worried about is an amendment process. We need to convince 75% of the, of the population of America that that's a good idea and we should do it. I think that's one of the good things recently as of late is you see a lot of, and it's mainly red states, I mean, I guess it's probably more than just red states, but whenever, you know, not, or whenever the government comes out and says something, 
that's supposed to take place in all 50 states, you have some states saying, no, we're not going to comply with that. You know, mm-hmm. and again, you have other states like Missouri passing SAPA saying, hey, we're done. We're done. We're, we're done with federal gun mandates. We're not going to go by any, any, anything that, they, that you say is going to happen. So you do see states doing these. You know what I'm saying? Like in California, they just made, you know, they gave the abortion back to the states. And California said, hey, we're, you know, it's still going to be abortions allowed here. You know, again, giving powers back to the states. And states are taking that power. And it's like they, they lost it in the wayside somewhere. And they never knew that they had the powers in the first place. I mean, at least for my young 33 years of living, I've never seen it happen like it's happening. You know, like throughout your processes, has it been more, have you seen it? Have you seen states use their powers more than than back in the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands? Well, it kind of ebbs and flows. That's the thing is that is that you'll see you'll see this stuff start happening in certain states. You know, certain states will will get this this um, they'll get this this influx of people into their into their legislatures that will push these laws and everything. The, the, the problem ends up being that, that behind all of that, there's this massive bureaucracy that does not change. And, you know, there's no legitimate reason for us to have all of that bureaucratic nonsense, you know, because there's all these things that the government's state, local, or, or federal, state, and local governments have gotten themselves involved in that they don't have any legal authority to, to be involved in. So, you know, you see it like, um, you know, uh, you'll see Pennsylvania will do something and New Jersey will do something. And then suddenly, um, you know, South Carolina will do something or Tennessee or Missouri will do something. And and a couple of states may follow along, but but eventually it sort of gets forgotten because the the bureaucracy comes in and basically just muffles it all down. Like in, in Missouri, I would not be surprised if, if, um, um, the law enforcement community, you know, doesn't have some kind of, some kind of backlash against the, the, uh, the, the yeah. weapon stuff. Oh yeah. They don't, that they don't push something to, it's a to, 50, 50. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the, it, that's the, the, the thing is that, um, you know, we have we have all of these people who who legitimately don't know what it is to be an American, who call themselves Americans, but they they go against everything that is American. You know, freedom is freedom is the foundation of America, and hand in hand with freedom, you know, so many people talk about. Freedom as, as, you know, if I want to go out and get drunk, I, you know, I got the freedom to do that, but I could say whatever I want. It's like, no, no. Freedom and responsibility go hand in hand, right? You have freedoms because you take responsibility. And it's like the, uh, the thing with, with calling 911. You know, if you want to call 911, that's fine. But really and truly, the responsibility should first rest with you. Right. When we start calling these 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 other entities to come in. Right. We've left that responsibility off over here. We're, we don't even know. Right. We don't we don't even know what it is that that's going to be coming down the down the road when we call that number. Right. 
you know, you could you could have you could have one of these situations where you call nine one one because you you know because we didn't choose to take responsibility. You know, you could have someone trying to break into your house. You call nine one one and they don't show up for an hour and a half later, right? And they don't even send who it is that you thought they would send. You know, they send an ambulance. You know, or they send a fire truck. You know, or they send they send this rookie cop who doesn't even carry a gun, you know, or they send the SWAT team and end up shooting you because, you know, you called in a robbery, but the robber's already gone. You know, I mean, the, 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 the basic thing that, that has gotten lost in all of this stuff and that the government has fostered this too, is, is that freedom and responsibility are two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. And, and, uh, the government wants to take all of that responsibility away from us. You know, you, you, you know, there's no reason for you to own a gun. There's, there's no reason for you to own a gun. We, we've got it all taken care of. There's, you don't need one. It's like, yeah, I do. I do need one because, you know, there's lots of times and places where, um, you know, I legitimately, could find myself in a situation where there's no one there to help me yeah, but myself, you know, and I can't be relying on other people to do that. You know, if we're, if you and I are walking down the street together and, and, you know, we run into a group of guys, there's, there's nothing to say that you're not part of that group that I'm running into. Right. And their beef becomes your beef. And now I've got all these people I have to deal with that, that, you know, I wasn't prepared for, like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to call nine one one, you know, I'm yeah, going to yeah. run away, you know, I mean, okay, that might work for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Just a little you know, while. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's whenever, whenever we, we allow the government to come in and take responsibility for stuff that we should be taking care of, you know, we abdicate our responsibilities and we make ourselves victims slaves and and basically we we become wards of the state oh yeah if guns were ever taken out of america that's 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 the implementation of the new world order for sure well you know they've done it they've done it pretty effectively in most of these big cities oh, i know yeah you know and there's plenty of people who are willing to comply the the thing is is until that, something is that, happens and then they end up leaving that city and they're like fuck i, I wish i never would have done that then they go to a state where they can own a weapon like that, that's not going away in, in our lifetime. I don't think, you know, like, especially here in Bible belt, you're not going to see guns go anywhere anytime soon, but I'd almost be curious to know like the true, you know, the, the Victor rights history or whatever that saying is. And I, I'm very curious on like what type of, um, what type of like structure and law was going on in like the ancient Egyptian times or, even in the Roman times, like the true nature and, and the true law that was going on or foundation, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I know like in Rome, you kind of have an idea of, of what kind of government they were running. Um, but when, when you look at e- Egypt and you look at the pyramids and then you go to Mexico, you see the pyramids there. There's pyramids in, in the United States. There's pyramids in China. There's these star forts that go over, go over the whole world, everywhere in the world. There's star forts. So in my opinion, Dan, this is just my opinion. I believe that there was an an advanced civilization back in the ancient times. And I know this is all hearsay, right? It's all hearsay. But what we're told about how these um, 
structures were built, I don't agree with at all. We've had a guy named Brian Forster on. He's a huge, um, huge guy when it comes to megalith rocks and all that stuff. But, you know, he believes that there was advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and if they had advanced technology and they were building these massive structures, any bigger and better than anything we can build today. Granted, we do big, build big buildings. Sorry, I'm going off on a small tangent here. Um, and they were globally connected. There had to have been some type of foundation that the people lived by. And I don't think it was religion. I think they had to have had to have had something similar to the constitution because if you don't have freedom within your own society, I don't see something like that flourishing. Yeah. You can believe that slaves were the people who did it. And they, you know, around the clock, 40,000 slave slaves worked for 40 straight years to build the pyramid, you know, the great pyramid of, of Giza, mm-hmm. or it was like 60 years. If you worked not, you know what I'm saying? You can believe that, but I would, I believe in like freedom and like maybe there was a constitution back in those times. And, I, and I'm not saying that you know of any evidence to suggest that, but it's just kind of fascinating to think about. Yeah. And the thing, but the thing, the thing that, that I think is important when we look back at, at ancient history is, is to remember that um, there have been advances and then there's, there's been, you know, um, recessions or declines. And because in the ancient world so much, and, and the way that everything has evolved has been so much um, focused on one person or one group of people, you know, like we talk about Genghis Khan, you know, and we talk about um, Tamerlane the Earth Shaker, and we talk about, um, um, you know, Gilgamesh and, and all of these, all of these, these, big figures that, um, had such an impact, you know, Alexander the great and Xerxes and, you know, they, these people who swept in and were able to create these huge empires, um, just all of a sudden, right. So much of what ends up happening that is, is, I guess, um, so much of what ends up happening is you have, you have these, these, these people who are these, these bright lights that, you know, it's not necessarily that, that they did all this, that everything they did was good, you know, but they, they advance so much, but there's, there's so many people who just can't keep up, you know, they, they, the, this thing gets built for them that they don't understand that they, they, they don't have a comprehension of, so they can't they they can sustain it for a while, but they they don't know any way to to continue that advancement. So we have this advance and decline, and so much of it has been built on um, um, a single person or or a small group of of people. You know, whoever it is that that uh, Genghis Khan, besides his hordes of Mongols, you know, whoever it is that he had in in his direct circle of people that he was working with. Um, you know, they, they made advances that allowed them to just, just roll over everyone. But that's what and, I, I'm just saying. Like, how do we know? And I, again, it's the history books. It's what we can see, or it's what we, there are books out there that you can read, you know? And even in those times, we, you have the, the hermeneutics aspect of, of lost translation and, and understanding. Yeah. You can probably get a grasp on what was truly going on, but what was really going down? in these places. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know we'll never know the answer to that, but so you, you're to the agreeance of it's kind of, 
for the most part, how it's told is correct when it comes to these individuals taking over these massive countries and killing millions of people and then creating their own structure. But yet, is, is that kind of... Uh, I think I think that that you know looking looking at the the you know the high points of 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 history you know my my point with that basically was you know we have these 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 um these points that everybody agrees agrees on you know there was the Persian empire there was there was all these these big empires these big movements that we see and you know there's there's not a whole there's not a whole lot of people who who dispute those those massive movements we can look at the inside of it and have people who look at the details and say you know this is the way that this happened and you know and this aspect of it wasn't true but this this was but you don't and, sorry i don't mean to cut you off but you don't think that like in one of those instances that there were maybe four or five 10 or 20 people who had the same give or take idea of what it, what is the constitution of writing the declaration of independence. Like you don't think that that happened earlier in a time, thousands of years ago where, because human beings are human beings. You don't think like some smart people got together and said, Hey dude, like this is the best way to run a society, you know? And not to say that they would just get chopped off because the King didn't like that idea and he didn't want anyone taking control over his power. That's what I'm saying. Like what happens if maybe the constitution is what, helped earlier civil or earlier societies succeed. And we just don't know about it. And I know there's no evidence to suggest it, but I don't know. It just kind of, it's got me wondering. I, I, my, my personal, my personal view on that is that, is that we can draw a direct line, um, from the constitution to Jesus, right? Because prior to, prior to Jesus, things were, were pretty solidly ethnically aligned. You know, the Mongols were a force to be reckoned with because they were Mongols and that was their unification. And the Persians, the Persians would, would recruit people, right? They would bring them in as slaves and make them fight for the Persian empire. But the Persians were the Persians, you know, they were the, they were the elite people. And, and so I think, I think throughout throughout history, until you run into until you run into um, uh, the teachings of Jesus, you don't really see this this whole thing about about the the um, the sanctity of of the individual human, you know, if, of of individual rights. And I think that's where you know the difference is. It's always been more of a of a us and them kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I, I get you. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think, I think that there are people who probably would look at that. I mean, back to the Persians. You know, the Persians obviously saw that there was benefits in in bringing other groups in to to help them do stuff. But I don't, I don't think that that. Um, and this is just speculation on my part. I don't know that there'd be any way to to to, to bring in evidence to, to support this, but that, um, you know, they saw the benefit in bringing those people in, but they, but they still considered them to be lesser. Yeah. You know, yeah, for and, sure. so and that's, that, yeah. that almost looks like, like the position that when you look at China and you see everything going on right now in China, it, it, it almost kind of resembles that a little bit, what you're describing. 
I mean, so what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, recently, I don't know if you've seen the videos just recent of, of all these TikToks coming out in China. And it's a TikTok's owned by China, right? So yep. everyone's kind of curious on why China's allowing a lot of these videos to get leaked. But now people are starting to stand up. They're starting to protest against the COVID restrictions because it doesn't stop in China. But I, I'm trying to grasp my head around it when it comes to their, their power structure, uh, and, you know, cause it's a dictatorship, right? And I'm just, I, I just don't understand how they're still doing this today. I mean, their population's massive, billions of people. Is it that, is it that their population is too big and then they're, they're not being able to sustain that amount of people in these cities to where they had to just lock it down? Granted, there was a virus that came out, whether or not it was them or not, we'll never know. But was it because they weren't handling their population correctly? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I firmly believe that the mentality that is necessary for um, freedom is something that, again, basically comes from... Um, the teachings of Jesus and that that is interwoven into most of what we consider to be Western civilization. And that while there are a few people that you run into that are from other cultures, we have something unique that, that is part of our culture, part of our society, part of, of, of Western civilization that you don't find anywhere else. People everywhere and we see it. This is this is part of what we have going on. It's not, it's not a a, um, it's not something that is that is uh, genetically transmitted from one person to another. So you know, it's something that that we have to communicate to each other and and foster and and educate each other on here in Western civilization. But in other countries, in other civilizations they don't have that foundation. So even though you have some people who can look at the way that we do things and say, that's the way to do it. Most people want to have all the decisions made for them. You know, in most societies around the world, they still have a, a, a at least a two tiered system. You know, there's, there's the greater and the lesser, you know, the, that we don't have to go that far to see it. If you go down to Mexico, they've got it. You know, you've got, they've got, you know, multiple layers down there. You know, you've got the people who are of, of European descent who have Spanish, um, who have Spanish ancestors and they're at the top. And then you have the people who are, who are, you know, pretty much just Mexicans. They're underneath. And then you have the people who are, who are pretty much strictly, um, um, the, the descendants of the Indians that were down there. Right. And they're at the bottom. And one of the things that you oftentimes see, one of the things that that um, the reason that they've pushed so much to have all these immigrants come in from Mexico is because of that mentality. They have that that um, for lack of a better term, that they have that employee mentality just woven straight into the fabric of them. Work, work, work. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Don't look up. Don't you just do what you're told, yeah. do what you're told, you know, you're a piece of crap. I can replace you in a heartbeat and I will just do what you're told. Okay. 
and you see it you see it too with with the way that that um uh you know we it's it's often a joke that you know you you see mexicans driving down the road and there's there's uh um you know 16 people in a four passenger vehicle you know mm-hmm. there's there's 30 people living in a in a in a one bedroom apartment right right but there's but if you go and you you pick into that a little bit more, you'll usually find that there's one or two people who are running that entire thing. You know, they're, they're, they're running that whole thing, you know, and, and all the rest of them are just, you know, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. So you're saying that's kind of the mindset of, of, or not the mindset, but that's how China operates in a nutshell. Right. Right. Those people, most of those people in, in China, you know, there's the, the authoritarian government, would never have gotten put into place if the majority of people over there were not just simply willing to accept it. But they have that mentality, you know, they were ruled before, you know, before the, the Chinese communists came in, they had been ruled by an emperor for, for how many hundreds of years, right? The, the, the nationalists and the communists brought that, that, that emperor down. And they just, instead of having a, a, an emperor who was blessed by God with a divine right to rule, now they have this, this communist dictator in there who, you know, is doing it for the good of, of, of the, uh, the oppressed, right? And, it, and what, it, True, and it wasn't always so easy whenever we were founded as well. I mean, because, you know, I mean, we had slavery for a couple of hundred years. Um, some terrible things went on in this country and you had the big movement in, you know, the seven, I mean, the, the 60, 50, 60s and seventies, you know, like with, when Elvis was trying to do his thing, people were like, Oh, this is perverted. This is, you know, like, and I don't know how much you take what Elvis was doing as perverted and doing his little jiggle and his wiggle. And, mm-hmm. you know, and like all the old timers at that time were just like, no, I'm not okay with this. Like what I'm saying is America was never perfect. And, and it's crazy to me that the Constitution has lasted this long, and it even it, it lasted throughout. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It's not perfect, but we're still we're still free in a sense. Sorry, I have no idea where I'm going with that train of thought. I was watching the, the Elvis Presley movie upstairs, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was trying to I was trying to bring some of that in because like I never really thought about it. Like living in that time, like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and like not being able to do how you want to do music. You know, like how. Where in the Constitution does it say that Elvis can't go out and do what it is that he wants to do? You know, well, it it doesn't say that that you can't. But it, what it it does say is the government doesn't get to say that he can't do it, right? You know, like you and I could sit down and go, "No, Elvis, you can't do that," right? You know, as a community, as a society, we could we could say that, you know, no, you're you're not you're not doing that. And the thing, the the I think the the when we look back at 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 um, well, if we just go back to freedom and responsibility, you know, it's like okay, Elvis, you you're free to do that, but you have to take responsibility for what it is that you're doing. You see, you know, you're you're fostering um, you're fostering this this idea that it's okay to be uh, promiscuous and immoral, right? Well, I don't see that. Okay. Well, 
just want you to be aware of the fact that there are other people who do see that. But don't you see that as kind of a conflict with freedom of speech? Um, like specifically what you, what we see in the arena of people being censored, right? And I know mm-hmm. you and you can talk about bringing it back down to a community level, a community level, and people deciding what goes on in their communities and stuff like that. But I think freedom of speech has kind of brought it in, in a way to where, you know what, we're, we're all adults, you know, and, and I, I, I do agree that a big part of being an adult is how you were raised as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But you can only use that as an excuse so far, depending on the severity of what it is your parents put you through. Because I do think that there are some extreme things that happen to children that will mess you up for life. And luckily, I mean, what I'm saying is I'm an adult now. I'm 33. And I and if Elvis just came out now and I never saw him before and I was I was born in the 50s and, you know, let's just or just let's just say now I get that choice. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. because I am an adult, I don't need other adults to make decisions for me. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that kind of the First Amendment is like just the freedom of thought and freedom of speech? Yeah. Yeah, but it needs to be it needs to be something that is limited to adults. The music Elvis's music was not folk was not being served to adults. It was focused on kids. Well, and see that comes back to the parents though. Right. Well, it it sort of does. But yeah, it when it's does, it's on every radio you know, station, I mean, on is, every TV. Thing, yeah. One of the things that we you know that we that we need to 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 look at is um, this is something that, that has come across my, my vision numerous times recently. Um, it's this, it's the saying, um, tough times create, uh, or hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. Good times create soft men, and soft men create hard times. Right? So, yeah. again, when we start looking at freedom and responsibility, you know, the responsibility says I am, I have the freedom to take this action, but I have the responsibility to look at the consequences of what this action could be before I do it. You know, if I decide, if I decide that, that I want to sit by a fire, right. But I don't have a fireplace and I decide I'm going to build one right here in the middle of my floor, you know, okay, Dan, you're free to do that. Um, but you got to take the responsibility of looking at the consequences, possible outcomes of, of, you know, your, your choices, you know, there's good chances this is going to burn your house down. Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, yeah. You know, what are the, what are the consequences of the, of the actions that you're choosing to take? And, and that's one of the things that I think has gotten lost with the idea of freedom. Everyone talks about freedom of speech and, I mean, we have people who who are are looking to find any reason at all to to limit that that freedom of speech. But I think it's important that we do take take the time to focus on who it is that that we're speaking to. You know, I don't think that I think I think that that when the language, when the the speech is being focused on uh, children being focused on young adults, being focused on individuals who don't necessarily have the, the life experience and, and the intelligence or, or not necessarily intelligence, but the, the life experience or, or in the, the um, understanding of the consequences, you know, then I do think that it should be limited. I mean, we're seeing that now with, with all of these people who are, 
teachers and professors that are totally indoctrinated with all this Marxist nonsense and, and they've got free reign over our kids. You know, they're coming in and, and, and selling this Marxist nonsense yeah. to our kids as if it's something true or real or valid. And, and we as, as parents have very little say about that. And it's, you know, it's not, we're not blameless in the situation. We've allowed that to happen yeah. because we chose, we chose to abdicate our responsibilities. People choose the easy route, man, including my, and again, we'll, we'll go down this road, Dan, we're going to go down this road. You're right. It, it truly is all responsibility. That's exactly what it comes down to. It's this perpetuating machine of what it is called the public education system, this well-oiled machine called government. This well oil, you know, it's that it's been thriving and succeeding for such a long time that literally it's affecting. And, and again, no excuses. I, I have my own brain. I can wake up in the morning. I can go out to, you know, to uh, Jeff City and, and make my voice heard, which is what I should do because I, I love my kids that much, you know, and it's going to come to a point in time where I have to. But people mm. are so fucking lazy. They are so lazy that they they don't know what to do. You know, it's just a product of environment. They wake up. They work jobs that they don't want to be at. Um, then they're, you know, they're in a, a toxic environment with a relationship or they're in a toxic, you know, just everything surrounding them doesn't really suggest for them to be a voice for their kids. We've lost our voice for our children. Right. To a point where literally, Dan, on YouTube, like there are, there in this, they have YouTube kids now, right? Specifically kids videos only. YouTube came out a couple years, which I, I you know, I'm a fanboy for YouTube for doing that. Thank you. But... People have circumnavigated that uploading videos where like, if you're not paying attention to your kid watching YouTube and what parents going to do that mm -hmm. at the end of a, a kid's video, it'll be like, um, I'm your master, go kill yourself. Or, you know, it'll start being very demonic and, and, and right. de demonizing and your five-year-olds listening to this. And it's like, you know what I'm, and th this is happening across the United States. You look at the, what, how do you say it? Balagia or Balancia. That clothing I, line. I don't even know, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, the, the clothing line where they're literally, it's a video of a teddy bear wearing a BDM. You know what I'm saying? Like just bondage outfit in this on this teddy bear while this like six-year-old girl's just dangling this teddy this teddy bear on a, on a dog chain with a, mm -hmm. another picture of a, of a young boy. And in the background, there's a, a, a kid drawing of Satan. Mm -hmm. Like our kids are being, ex it, dude, it's scary. It's scary right. shit, man. And, and to, to to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, this is this is part of the reason why I was talking about the the you know the thing with with you're not a man until you reach the age of thirty. These are the kind of things. These are the kind of things that that require some time and experience to be able to get yourself because so many people there is some laziness, but it's also the fact that that people are running on a treadmill. It's like all of a sudden I've got all these responsibilities and I, I, I can't drop any one of them. Right. You know, you know, if I decide that I'm if I decide that it's important for me to go to my kid's school today. Right. I've got to get permission from my boss. Right. And if my boss says no, I've already decided it's important for me to go to school. Right. The boss says no. And I said, well, I'm going to go anyway. You go and you're fired. OK. It's, it's this balancing act that, that none of the balls can hit the ground, right? So what, what are you going to do? 
You know, are you going to go ahead and say, you know, what happens with my kid is, is important enough that I need to go to school. The unfortunate thing is once it gets to that point where you're willing to sacrifice everything else to go in, it's probably too late, you know, because kids are like sponges. This is the thing, you know, when we were talking about this with, with, uh, um, uh, with, um, Yeah, Jesse or Johnny? With Jesse, yes. And I said, and I said, you know, the, the education system has has worked to put a wedge between us and our parents. Right. And you remember how he just he was just like I, I watched him. Yeah, yeah. Just like he was like blown away. Same for me. Yeah. And it's like they they do that. And unfortunately, you know, when the kid when it finally comes to the point where where parents realize what has happened. It's almost too late. The but no, damage has been done. But that's the thing is like parents should know that, that the public education system, is it is succeeding, but it's succeeding for the top 1%. It's succeeding for the government. It's creating a nation of workers, not thinkers. And that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose behind public education. And whenever in, I'm not, I was never a fan of being in school. And even throughout my twenties, before I even got into my thirties, I knew there wasn't something right about it. Mm-hmm. And some parents don't see that. And, I, and I'm kind of right. curious on how they don't. And, and I'd be willing to sit down and have a conversation with them and try and understand how they think public, public education is working for their children and how it's going to be benefiting them later on in life. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of people who don't even, who don't even question that. Because, right. because, like I said, they've got so many other responsibilities. For sure. I, mean, I get that. Been taken, you know, the education of their children has been taken off their plate. They can just drop the kids off or send them to the bus stop in the morning and then, you know, in the evening, talk to them and the kids will say what a great day they had at school or blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that's taken care of. Right. But the, the, the thing is, is that, is that because we have so much, um, not responsibilities, but there's so much dumped on our plate from, you know, right out of high school. Well, and that's, that's due to consumerism. And that's yeah. due to putting yourself in debt and, and credit card debt and, you know, I'm not saying student that th- loans. student loans and, and even I never had student loans, but it's very easy to get into debt, not even having student yep. loans, mortgages or rent payments, you know, you, you instantly get yourself into a car payment. Then you have rent and your car payment. Then you have your insurance for the car and then you have your cell phone bill. And then once you have the kid, you got to have health insurance. Then you got to get dental insurance, a vision insurance. Something goes wrong with the house. You ain't got money in the bank. How are you going to do that? Well, you're going to take a lease out on that to fix whatever it is in the house. You get into debt and it spirals out of control. You're right. Mm-hmm. People aren't geared up for that. And all of those things are expensive. Right. You know, so that's, that's a problem in itself. And that's, and again, like I said, you have these young men who are getting themselves into these situations that they're not prepared for, you know, and, and all of a sudden there's all of these things that they're expected to take care of and understand and direct them, you know, themselves and their families through, and they're just not equipped for that, you know? So, so how much stuff gets thrown, gets, you know, gets fallen to the wayside when it's, and, and then when it's finally comes to their attention, it's too late to do anything about it. Yeah. You know, I don't believe, I do not believe in the idea that, you know, Teenagers are inherently just out of control and bad. I think it's that, you know, so much time was spent doing other things in that period of time before they were teenagers 
that now that there's, you know, some hope that there's going to be a relationship, there's no foundation that's been built. Right. And so now the, the, uh, the parents are coming in and they're saying, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that. There's no foundation that's been built there for, for there to be any kind of a relationship other than, you know, other than some kind of conflicted, you know, you're not the boss of me kind of nonsense. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, man. That's literally in the reason there is no foundation is because you're spending 40 hours plus a week at school. Mm-hmm. Then you go you home, you're literally 40 hanging hours out. a week at work. Yeah. And then you go home and let's say your parents get off at five. Well, that's two hours already that you've been home. They get off at five. Some get off at six or seven or eight. They mm-hmm. might see you for an hour. Right. Monday through Friday. They might see you for a total of five to 10 hours. Right. That's insane. You're, Dude, they, they your got dad they, comes home, your dad or your mom, whoever, you know, whoever's got the job, both of them, one of them, whichever way it is, who wants to get hit with all the stuff that they need to do at home as soon as they walk through the door. Right. Right. Somebody's got to have some time to, to unwind and relax, but you know, kids demand time and attention. Yep. They, they, if you, if you, and if you can't give it to them, they're going to find it someplace else. And, and once that ends up happening, you know, it's almost irreparable. You know, it's almost These, impossible to fix that. So, and, you know, we had, um, that was like a week after we had that podcast with you last time. And then we, we had um, the, the author, I forget her name. Um, she, she talks about instead of schooling, um, Caprice Lee, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of asked her, I was like, well, what, what was before public education? And she's like, well, Basically, she's like, people, you know, they had these. And then I remember watching movies, and, you know, a lot of them was religious. I mean, probably wasn't based on religion, but they had, like, you know, small, small, like, homeschooling stations where people mm-hmm. were taught locally in their community in smaller groups. I mean, it was basically being homeschooled before public education. I always I always wondered that. Like, how did they thrive in those times, and how they do it so well? It's because parents spent time with their kids. Or at least right. one parent did it. it, you know, in those times the mom was there and the man went and did whatever the man had to do in the 18 and 1700s, go off to war, go work on the railroad. This is, this is one of the big things that, 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 that totally flies off the radar. One of the biggest things that's led to the destruction of the family is men working outside of the home, men working outside of the home. It used to be that a man's main employment was around the house, the fields, the horses, the cattle, whatever it is that they were doing. And he might have a secondary job to make some additional money doing something else. But that was that was for the majority of people. Their, their main focus was their home. Their home was their castle. That was the center of their life. That's not a, that's not the way it is anymore. You know, just like what you're saying, that, you know, men working outside and away from the home has been the, the, the beginning of the destruction of the family. You know, and once that ended up happening and women were left to their own devices, basically, now you have this, this just cascade effect to where we've got, you know, the family is just in ruins. You know, there's people, there's That's people the whole who are doing goal. great jobs about building the families back up. But, you know, if, if you've got, two parents who are working 40 hours a week at some job, you know, the majority of your time is spent at your job with people that now 
know you better than the people, you know, you have more experience and time with those people than you do with your own family. And, and all it is, is to put a few extra dollars in a billionaire's pocket or a corporation's pocket. And I think that when you look at it that way, it's, it's extremely depressing and it's, it's, it puts life. If you, if you, my God, Dan, like this, what they've built is dude, it's insane. It's insane, man. And it's, and it's scary and it's, and I think that that's what fuels people to do drugs, alcohol, abuse, whatever it is they abuse. And mm-hmm. they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They might, right. they don't know it in the moment. When, when you take a step back and you look at what we're doing right now, it is literally to put a few dollars in a corporation's pocket. Right. But I think here's, here's the thing that this is, this is not going to sound very hopeful, but, but it really is. I think the one thing to to remember about this is that we did this. Right. Okay. You know, the corporations, the corporations required our cooperation to be able to do this. They couldn't force us into it. You know, there's, we've had to cooperate with them all the way along the way and we can undo this much easier than it's been built. But these people have had no time at all to tear the whole thing down. I agree with that, but these, I completely agree with that. But these people have had the advantage for some time. You know, you're talking about generations of wealth that know how to manipulate societies, the minds of societies. Like they, mm-hmm. they, and and if they didn't, they, you know, they were reading books on how to do it. I, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they've, yeah, they've, that's they, information that they pass down to each other. It's, it, you know, that's that's one of the things that's been passed along. And I, and I firmly believe this. That's one of the things that's been passed along generation to generation by these people who were able to do these these empires and stuff. That's the kind of information that was that was passed along that that has allowed these these great leaps. You know, it was it was information on controlling the population and being able to to move people to do what it is that you wanted to do. And it's it's only been in the past few hundred years that we've had so many things happen where um, the advent of of the printing press has made it so that so that people can do things to educate themselves. You know, information can be passed and it's and it's not this this tightly guarded thing anymore. You know, the printing press, which I I don't remember when that happened, it was like a. Wasn't it like in the the fourteen hundreds or something like that? Yeah. Anyway, the, the the when they came out with the with the printing press, you know that was that was a a revolutionary thing that allowed people like you and me to have access to this knowledge that was a closely guarded secret for centuries. But how long before until it was corrupted and taken in, in control of the printing well, it, press? It, 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 that's just it. It's is that is that is as soon as that started happening, right? These people were able because they they were firmly educated in all this. If they were able to look at it and go, okay, this is something we don't need to take it away, right? We can still continue to to, to use this, but we can use this as a tool for ourselves. Yeah, you know the tools the tools to manipulate human beings are not super complicated because human beings are not that complicated. You know the 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 impulses that we run on and the and the the desires that we have are are pretty narrow it's like um you know the, the i had uh, somebody 
tell me one time that that basically a human being is is uh, uh, functioning on um, seeking pleasure and relief of pain. Hungry, right? hungry, horny, and looking for shelter. <laughs> right. And so when you when you understand when you understand that that you know that's sort of what you're what you're the simple thing that you're dealing with and you have the resources to be able to create that you can you can push people in all kinds of different directions and it's unfortunate that we with all of this technology that we've had that people um are still that easily manipulated and don't understand you know don't take the time to stop and look and say you know i don't have to go down this path right you know I can choose to go in a different direction. This this direction right here would bring me pleasure in the in the near term, right? I can go and get this loan and buy this TV, right? And and you know, not look at the consequences of it, the pain that it's going to cause. Yeah, well now because I bought this TV and all this other stuff, I'm going to have to keep this job that I that I absolutely hate that doesn't pay me enough, and, and you know. And, requires 60 hours a week of my time you know we've we we've become our intelligence is not has not evolved at the same pace that the technology that we use has and and there are people who are not necessarily smarter than us because there's a lot of people who are rich and powerful that are dumb as they're dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah. Well, so I think. Right. But the thing is, is that, is that they've been, they've been brought up into an understanding of the way that things work well enough that they don't have to be smart. Right. They don't have to think anything more about it than, than you or I do when we hop in a car to drive someplace, you know, I mean, how much thought do you have to put into that? Yeah. You hop in, turn the key, put it in drive and go. Right? You yeah. You don't remember how time, you got there. You know, yeah, half the time you're looking at your phone, you're changing the radio station, you're doing all this other stuff because driving is just like second nature now. And that's the same way that we, you know, that we're in with this. It's not that we have these great intelligent, you know, people who are manipulating all of us. Half of them are, you know, semi-retarded, but because they were brought up into this thing, it's second nature for them. That's yeah. it. You know, you ever yeah. heard that guy, uh, rich dad, poor dad, that goes, yeah. the rich dad, poor dad. I read the book. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the same thing. Yeah. You know, these people don't have to be smart if they were if they were given the information and they can just simply apply it and and follow these steps and make it so that it becomes second nature to them. You know, they're going to get the money. As a kid, yeah. They're going to manipulate you and I into into doing things because we're not savvy on all that stuff. Right. You know, we don't see what it is that's being done to us until we get into it and we go yeah, I, I really shouldn't have gotten that loan. You know, I, I, that was a bad, <laughs> that was a bad move. That's true, man. Well, we, we're a little over the hour, my man. It went by fast as, as usual. <laughs> it always does. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to go too much longer. Cause I mean, definitely some good stuff in there and I want to keep people's attention. So we'll have to leave it till next time. There's definitely some, some other things I wanted to get into, but th- th- those things will still be there. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we always we always uncover plenty of information and stuff for the next time. That's right, man. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure to have you on, Dan. Um, so 
are you are you still posting on Facebook or no? I'm still posting on Facebook, but Facebook took down my my main account. Which had, so you're still locked out of the Constitution of Us? I'm still locked out of the Constitution. I'm trying to figure out how to get back into it. Um, but that I, I, I have another, I, I'm pretty sure that I have another account on there. That's, that's an admin account, but I just, I, I can't see which one it is or remember which one it is. So I just got to track that down and then I'll get back in there and start posting some stuff. Rock on, man. Well, I don't but it's you... got some good information on there anyway. Yeah. Everlasting information. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. Rock yep. on. Well, any, any lasting thoughts, my man? Um, get a copy of the constitution and read it. You know, that's the, that's the, the biggest thing right there because you know, the, the stuff that I say about the constitution may or may not be right, but I, you know, um, I think more and more people need to read it and we need to have discussions about it and, and prepare to start pushing the government to, to get back in line with the law. Well, well said, my man. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. Thanks for joining and uh, I'll chat at you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Paul. All right. It's always good to be here. Yes, sir. We'll see you later. All right. Bye.